Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is the Summer Series Personal Journal Edition. For those following along, I feel like I should address the delay of this episode. If you care, I was sick for a week and it was all in my sinuses. And while I normally sound a little nasally, like right now, uh, because I have like chronic sinusitis, uh, this was a little extra and I was never in a place where I wanted to like record an episode, especially where I'm the primary talker, as is this summer series. Uh, no one needs to hear me sniffling. And frankly, I don't want to edit out the sniffles. It's a lot of work. Anyway, I know most people didn't notice or care <laughs> that I missed a week, but I wanted to point out um, that I did it because this is the first time I missed an episode in years. It's crazy. You know, I've done like planned outages where I did like social media breaks um, and then I did every other episode at the beginning of this season, but still unplanned outages. Whew, crazy. But I am breathing. I'm letting it go. <sighs> And I'm accepting, I'm accepting that no one cares as much as I do about this glitch in my personal audio matrix. With that, let me dive in and talk about blowing up your life at almost 40 years old. You and I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? So this week, I want to talk about the decision to do a complete career change and go back to school at almost 40 years old and how I came to that decision and actually followed through with it, more importantly, um, and how it affected my relationship because, you know, whether you believe it or not, you are not alone in this world. Uh, your decisions affect other people. Surprise, surprise. And whether you're married with kids or just a dude that's doing some stuff, you know, you're going to impact others with your decisions. So... Later, we'll sit down with my wife, Erica, a fan favorite, and see like what her take on this entire thing. Also, she just had a birthday recently, so go ahead and find her on Instagram and wish her happy birthday. And good luck getting follow request approved, because I am still pending. Unbelievable. Before that, though, let's give a brief history on how we got here and go back to when we were supposed to have it all figured it out. Figured it out? That's a word and decide on college majors and career. Let's go back to high school, that fun time. So if you're immediately thinking it may be overkill for a 40-year-old to start talking about a career change when he's 18, let me explain my reasoning, all right? So graduating from high school is the first of many times in your life when societal expectations kind of force us to make some life decisions, and there seems to be some common patterns and factors here. I've interviewed over 150 people and done almost 200 episodes, and I have, I've heard a few similarities from this time, and if we're going to break it down from like a psychological point of view, which we should probably do considering my future career, there is also a definitive stage in personal development happening at this time, like high school time, give or take a couple of years, and I'm referring to Erickson's psychosocial stages of development, so that's the... Fifth stage typically runs its course throughout adolescence right up until the end of your teens. I think the actual ages are like 12 to 20. Um, but during this time, you either develop your identity or you develop kind of confusion about your role in life. And your main virtue in this task is, is fidelity or your allegiance and faithfulness to this identity. And when I talk to people, it's usually blaringly obvious how they did in this stage. 
So there were those that either, you know, went to college, found their major, got a job in that field, continued their education in pursuit thereof, or, um, you know, those that went right into the field they're still doing today right out of high school and maybe something in the trades or family business or whatever that looks like. Then there's people like me who are just bouncing around, uh, floating and trying it out and trying to figure it out. And none of this is, is black and white, you know. As we've heard many times, some people go to college, can't pick a major or party too hard and drop out. Some people are just in like a foreclosure of identity and feel as though their future is kind of planned out for them. And they follow that with a lot of questions bubbling up later in life about their actual desires. But for me, there was definitely a role confusion as opposed to an identity. I didn't know who I was what my future looked like, or, or even like if I had a future. I hated, hated planning for the future. And where I saw myself in five years was the stupidest and hardest question you could ask me at that time. No joke. I talked about this on here before, but when I was younger, it was easier to assume I would not live past 25. I had no plan like of demise, uh, but I was very self-destructive in my behaviors, regularly depressed. Um, but it was the easiest way to live life, you know, like by the seat of my pants. I hate that phrase. I hate that I just said it. <laughs> but I never, I never planned for anything, you know, and that way I didn't have to worry about anything. Bills, whatever. Hurt myself, no big deal. Hurt someone else, fuck, how do I fix that? Uh, that was, <laughs> I guess, okay, so that was the only thing I was ever really concerned about is other people. Uh, I've talked about it multiple times in the podcast, right? Like how much I didn't like myself. Um, and if people especially people that showed that they cared about me since I didn't like myself. If I could surround myself with those people that, you know, at least appeared to like me, um, provide value for me. Those are the people I was worried about hurting. Um, and this is kind of like where Erica comes in. Erica and I decided to sign leases together and stuff like that. And I wanted to be better for her. It would be years before I wanted to be better for me, but for her, I wanted to make myself a better person. This was when I finally left restaurants and moved into retail, which to most people, <laughs> I, I get it. That may sound like moving from one dead end to another, but the truth is in retail, there was a lot of room for growth, you know, from hourly customer service to supervisor, to manager, to district employee, to corporate, if you want, I don't know, probably to taking over the world. Um, <laughs> it's there's a, but there's a lot of, upward mobility available. Um, whereas, you know, restaurants, it's like server bartender, and then no one wants to be a manager because you actually take a pay cut in most situations. It's fucked up. Um, but I know a lot of people that made the journey in retail, especially at Best Buy, where I was for over seven years. And this was the first sign that being good at a job can lead to a better job. There was this upwards trajectory in front of me as a possibility, like for the first time. And more importantly, I was better on paper and less embarrassed when Erica and I slowly started merging our lives together. Cause I wasn't like, you know, rocking my credit score of 525. Shameful. Um, we can talk about shame and money in a whole other fucking episode. Anyway. Um, so when I was working at Best Buy, I learned about the actual guts of a business. Uh, you know, like profit and loss reports and check lane tender fees and labor costs versus overhead versus margin and all that fun stuff. And 
it inspired me to go to OCC or <laughs> Oakland Community College for you non-Michiganders um, at 28 years old. So this is 10 years after graduating high school. I went and got a business administration degree. And this is the first glimpse of like a career path for me. I didn't know what it was, but I saw the logic that was more schooling I had specifically in business will help me in all businesses, right? Like that's generic enough to be useful in all fields. I didn't know my skill set in any way that I could define on a resume, but I knew that I was good at something. Um, maybe it was planning or leading or execution, whatever it was. I started to feel pride in my work for the first time. And of course, at this point, I'm working in retail with no college degree alongside people that are tens of thousands of dollars in debt with bachelor's degrees. And this was not a selling point, by the way, to go beyond community college. And I, I flirted with taking my associate in business. <laughs> this, this is actually really funny. So I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a real business degree. Like I'm going to get an MBA. This was the only time I thought about like going the distance in college. Um, prior to, you know, my current stint. And I, I went to University of Michigan's Ross Business School, which is a really, really great business school. And, and then I realized I was fucking crazy. <laughs> and, uh, I, I went to an informative orientation and I was the only person that was not 18 and visiting with their parents. Um, and this, this kind of turned me off to universities in general. I was like, that ship sailed. I'm too old not, not going to happen. So still Best Buy. Now I have an associate's degree. I realized I was also good at school, which was a surprise because in high school, I nearly didn't graduate. My average was like a D plus. Um, and then I also learned that all of a sudden that student loan money uh, they give you remains imaginary uh, as long as you stay in school, at least half time every six months. There's a fun, hemp, uh, helpful hint if you didn't know that. So that's what I did. I kept taking out loans for a couple classes every other semester and deferred those student loans indefinitely. And when Best Buy became crippling to my mental health and all I wanted to do was get out, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was good at. Uh, I didn't know what other job titles were out there. And this is where people typically like seek out career counseling, right? Which I actually did at the time. My therapist at the time said, hey, Oakland University does like career counseling for free um, for, you know, residents and local people, whatever, go check it out. And so I did. And, uh, it's, this is kind of a similar issue. I feel like for anyone that stays at a company for a long time that has its own stupid titles, right? So Best Buy had nothing but stupid titles. What the fuck is a portable electronic supervisor or even worse? What does that mean to potential employers on your resume? Like, I've, like, can you imagine you're just going through, oh, I see you did this. You just, oh, I see you were a portable electronic supervisor. What the fuck does that mean? <sighs> Those titles. I hate them. I felt trapped. I, I was a warehouse and merchandising supervisor with a plethora of skills, but I didn't even know what to research for, like on sites like Monster and Indeed. And, and I, I just felt trapped in my current job and I had no idea how to get out. Then I got a phone call I thought was kind of a fake recruiting phone call. Apparently, a contracting company saw my resume and buzzwords like inventory and logistics stuck out to them. 
Um, I should mention, because of like some friends that did this, I have, I think I, at least at the time, I had a great resume. I've continuously updated it. I don't know if it's still good formatting and stuff, but it was pretty great. Anyway, um, the people that saw my resume called me and they said they had a job for me to fly around the country six months out of the year and inventory items at places. And I was like, Hey, I know how to do that. <laughs> um, and I was excited I, even more so because I become a little bit of a nervous like flyer and this felt like kind of unsupervised immersion therapy. But when I started, I realized how my former skills, my best buy skills, or even some of my like serving skills transferred to the new job. And in this, I was able to identify my skills and also my strengths. And I immediately was able to find methods that were inefficient. And I was able to innovate new ways of doing things that save time and money. And I was doing that at Best Buy. And it turns out that's just how my mind works. And it's transferable to all things. Yes, I have a measurable skill. Um, and there was, there was potential to move this role into like a lifetime role, essentially with a pension and a bunch of other benefits. And I had a cubicle and a computer and I traveled for work and I finally felt like a real adult. Uh, and it, it, it was good. And it is, it is good. I'm thankful for the job I have. And I feel like this is normally where these stories stop, right? This is the job I have. Um, I may move to other companies and there will be a few changes here and there, but essentially like this is it, right? And I was okay with that. I accepted a long time ago that my passions, um, you know, music and whatnot, are for my free time. And I will not have a career doing something I am also passionate about. So I played shows, I built shit, I made podcasts, I wrote songs. You know, I did a bunch of other stuff all in my free time. And then at work, I did work stuff. Blissfully American, in my opinion. But... Then I started this podcast and everything kind of changed a little bit. People are asking me all the time about non-alcoholic beer. Sure, it could be because I've done almost 100 non-alcoholic beer reviews, but I think it's because I know my shit when it comes to non-alcoholic beer. And that is why I think you can be completely comfortable in taking my recommendation for well-being brewing. Wellbeing Brewing is a non-alcoholic brewery out of St. Louis that offers a huge variety of non-alcoholic beers. My personal favorite is their Intentional IPA, which is their flagship IPA, super hoppy flavor, and it comes in a nice tall 16-ounce cans. You know, I got big hands. I need the big cans. You guys know what I'm talking about. That sounded pervy. Never mind that. Check them out, Wellbeing Brewing. You can save 10% uh, using code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout, or you can just go to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request save 10 percent. you can trust me on this recommendation because it's freaking delicious back to the show i should note that towards the end of my tenure at best buy is when i started going to therapy and i made a lot of changes in myself through therapy and as time went on i was able to work on bigger stuff right like once you it's it's so crazy how how therapy works and I, I would say this to the people that are resistant as well, um, or that think like, what's the point? Uh, it's like you, you can't see the forest for the trees, man. And as you slowly like peel back some layers and open your eyes a little more, all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, and you're like, oh, I guess I can work on that. Um, 
it's, it's really remarkable. But so I worked on some bigger stuff and sometimes therapy, you know, it starts with this single surface issue. And, and like I said, you peel back the layers and you're able to work on deeper stuff until you get to like the core of who you are, right? And you're ready to look in the deepest mirror ever and start asking really difficult questions. Therapy for me is my favorite thing and personal growth should be something we all strive for, but I digress. Uh, five years into this job, six years into therapy, two months into sobriety, I started this podcast. I sat down and started interviewing people I convinced my therapist to listen to some interviews. I found out my instincts about others had been focused and shaped by doing so much work on myself. And eventually I realized that these podcast interviews that all of you guys listen to were like little microtherapy sessions. So that was it, right? I need to, I need to be a therapist done wrong. I had a lot to do. So first I still had the issue of caring about others more than myself, right? That's a big issue because with that lack of value, I didn't think I could go be a therapist. There was no world in which I can go to a university, get a bachelor's degree, let alone a master's degree. So what did I do? I, <laughs> Old Faithful, I went to community college. They had just started a mental health program for another, like an associate's degree. So I was like, I'm going to get my third associate's degree, this time in mental health. And make a vertical move eventually into some, I don't know, mental health related job that takes associates degrees. I couldn't tell you even what that is. That's how much, that's how far that went. But I don't know, asset accounting for a clinic. There you go. But somewhere in there, that thought kept poking at me, you know, like go be a therapist. And when I did my first semester at community college in the mental health program, it showed me that I'm not only good at school, I'm good at mental health stuff. Like those instincts I was told were good in my interviewing were also good in identifying different mental health issues and signs and symptoms. And I've already been building my listening skills. And so I finished that semester and I talked to an advisor and I said, what would it take for me to get a bachelor's degree? And then audible gulp, a master's degree. So turns out there's a Michigan transfer agreement. And if I just take one math class and one science class at community college um, that I took a long time ago, so they were too long ago to transfer over that in itself is a bunch of bullshit, but I won't get into that. Um, then I could transfer like all the credits I could possibly transfer over to Oakland university. And then after two and a half semesters, I'd have a bachelor's degree. And when I finally got to OU, Dun, dun, it was COVID. So <laughs> I didn't have to have the like awkward campus interactions in undergrad where people think I'm a professor because everyone's tiny and young. I didn't have to deal with that. That fear that I had when I visited U of M like a decade earlier, uh, I didn't have to deal with that, which is good because I was much older now. <laughs> so I got my bachelor's degree in August of 2022 and started my master's program immediately thereafter. And I am currently scheduled to graduate in August of 24. But as far as the transition from my current job to what's next, I mean, that's something I don't really have a plan for yet. And obviously the scariest part of it all. Um, you know, if I'm ever going to have a gap in income, that's going to be when, when I have it. And 
that's something that needs to be planned and that seems like a kind of a perfect place to bring in the other half of what that plan would look like. You know her as Erica. Let's welcome my wife to the show. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome. My chair is squeaky. I know. There we go. Okay. Hi. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start with what you're, <laughs> I guess, I guess I talked about like where I was when we met. Mm-hmm. Down and out. <laughs> what I mean, what was your general impression of my outlook? <laughs> um, God, that was so long ago, Justin, and we were under so many influences. Um, you were funny and flying by the seat of your pants. You were just, you were like hustling, you know. I thought you were a really hard worker Ooh. and you were just like hustling, trying to make money and, you know, make things happen for yourself. Um, I am curious too, because I also mentioned leaving Best Buy because mm -hmm. <laughs> I referred to it, I think is like mentally crippling <laughs> being there. Towards Retail's the, a grind, man. But like towards the end. Mm -hmm. Working on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so I, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't remember like. I remember like sobbing and just being, I feel like I'm trapped. Like I can't do anything because I can't quit my job. Mm -hmm. I have a mortgage. Mm -hmm. But then I also just like hated it so much. Yeah. And I felt completely helpless. Yeah. Do you remember that at all? I mean, I definitely remember you feeling like, well, wh what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't have a degree. Like, I, I don't have a bachelor's degree. I have a collection, an assortment of associate <laughs> degrees. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I don't remember you sobbing about that in particular. But I do remember you feeling very, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to get out of this, you know? So, First yeah, thoughts sure. when I said I was going to be a therapist? Um, I, th I thought it was great. I, I mean, you like talking. And therapists do a lot of listening. <laughs> right. That's what you had to learn in school. Ah. <laughs> no, I think that if you had thought that before the podcast, I would have been like, hmm. But I think it was a very natural thing that came out of the podcast to me. Like, I think you just honed your skills. And without realizing, I don't think that was like yeah. conscious. Um, and I think you had just a realization. So I think it made a lot of sense because of the podcast. But I think if you had come to me with that before the podcast, I would have been like, can you pick a career where you make more money? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, money wise, mm -hmm. what are those concerns when I was like, hey, I'm going to go like get an upper level graduate degree and change careers mm -hmm. as the part, you know, you're the partner in mm -hmm. this relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to like, you were extremely passionate about it and it seemed very obvious that this I'm was something about a lot of you are, it's a, 
problem. It's a lot. <laughs> You're a lot. <laughs> um, when you see your partner, like, just so passionate about something, you kind of forget about all of the other, like, none of that stuff really matters because at the end of the day, you have to do, you have to pursue what you're passionate about. And if it takes a master's degree, if it takes student loans, if it takes, you know, an internship where you're not making, like, whatever those steps are, you just have to support your partner because they have to, you have to pursue what you're passionate about. Do you pursue what you're passionate about? We're talking about you on this podcast. <laughs> We're not talking about me. I, you're not, if we don't have any billable hours here, oh, I don't okay. need to have this interaction with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was there, I mean, that's what I was trying to figure out is, did you not have our currently concerns about like money and student loans and like Justin, I am concerned <laughs> about everything all the time. I am the most concerned person you will ever meet. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I think about it sometimes. That's why I want to, you know, do other things like in the building that you, yeah. you know, are practicing, you know, eventually try and buy that property you know like try and do more with it yeah. um so money is a concern but i mean add it to the list i'm concerned about everything <laughs> so I, I don't think it it means that you shouldn't do something just because of like potential financial obstacles well, if, if it's I like believe that. if it's something that you really want to do you know yeah you you apply that philosophy to guess... too many areas of your life you're in trouble but, you know, well, you apply that I've, philosophy to this. I think it's okay. I've been, like, super into, interested, passionate about, like, a lot of different stuff. Mm -hmm. Nothing, like, career-wise, though. Well, because it never made sense that it could be a career. Yeah, I mean, you can't really sell that many action figures <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> no, but you could open a store. No. I'm just saying there's, those things exist. They do, but No. Not in this household. <laughs> no. Um, oh, well, then I guess that's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I I was never concerned. I'm, our lives, I feel like. So supportive. Didn't change that much when you went to OU and yeah. got your, your well, bachelor's Well, what's it degree? been like the last seven weeks? The ma Your master's program, it, that feels like a big change. It's like a lot. as a partner. Well, yeah, it's I am alone a lot because <laughs> you're just in class four nights a week and, you know, because yeah. you're obviously, in, you know, taking classes at night. And um, so it's like we work all day and then you're I see you for a little bit and then you, yeah. you know, are in school. Has that been a surprise, like difficult? I mean, I knew that grad school was going to be a lot. Like I told you. Like, listen, you have kind of sailed through undergrad because I think you... Because everything's easy for me. Well, just kidding. <laughs> I, no, I just think that you participate. You're like a professor's wet dream. You like <laughs> participate in class. You, you know, so many, kids just, <laughs> so many kids just like sit in class and they don't say anything and it's miserable. And yeah. you actually participate and you take an active interest and you're going to like they're going to always kind of like 
support you in grading and helping you. And so I think you just like had an easier time in undergrad, but I just, that does not translate in grad school. Like you have to just like do the work. You have to do the reading. You have to write the papers. No, you've worked really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've had way more struggles. I'm still a professor's wet dream. Yes. But you've had way (laughs) more struggles in your grad school than you did in undergrad. You've gotten through all of them. Well, constantly I'm second guessing myself. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot. I think it's, it's, it's see, it has seemed like it's been a lot harder for yeah. you. Well, it's a world of imposter syndrome. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing, too, is like I'm, while I'm not the oldest person anymore, mm-hmm. like I was in undergrad. Yeah. Um, the people, there's not a lot of people in my position that are like completely different field. Mm. Like there's people that are, work, they've worked in human resources and now they're going into this, um, into like mental health and like, because they realize that part of their job is what they like the most. Right. And there's people that like have some position at some like sort of behavioral health clinic or mental health clinic or whatever that looks like um, that they can have with their undergrad mm-hmm. degree mm-hmm. that are now like pursuing a master's. So you're like brand new. So I'm just like, I inventory shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to be a therapist. Yeah, so right. it's like, that's I think when when I seem like I'm struggling, it's like the imposter syndrome is mm. is very real. Well, and you also don't like reading. Not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. So and the grad school is like all reading. Yeah. Like my eye doctor literally told me, "Don't get LASIK until you know you're done with school." <laughs> like if you go to grad school, don't wait till you're done with that and then get LASIK. Yeah. Here's because a helpful there's so hint. much reading. Grad school books are not on Audible. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Real pain in the ass. You mean that same place where you can get your Anna Ferris autobiography? You. She never wrote one. Oh, well, I just figured if she did, you would have read it. It's true. Yeah. I would have. Because you like, are the one person who listens to her podcast. I haven't listened in years. Oh, really? She changed format and then disappeared. Oh. Stopped listening. All right. Never mind. I stand corrected. Hope you hear this, Anna. <laughs> it's Anna. <laughs> it should be. Oh, but it's not. Yeah. She talks about that on the podcast. It's like Gillian Murphy or Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, Gillian. Yeah. I'm like, it's Gillian. Get out of here. Talk to the parents. <sighs> Don't get mad at those people. It's not their fault. So annoying. Um, okay. Okay. What do you want from me? I don't know. Okay. Punch it up a little. Punch it up a little. Are you napping? Tell a joke, Air. God. You just, no. Come on. I don't perform on demand. <laughs> It's not my thing. Well, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> You're welcome, babe. How's it like being being sick the last couple of weeks? Oh, it's the worst. I mean, it's fine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, that's the. It's it's also the weather. Erica I'm just like an old the lady now. More than anybody. I've been fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a regular listener. <laughs> Is there? So you heard the topics I'm going to talk about this summer, though. Is there anything that you're... I don't remember. ...interested or curious about? Jog my memory, please. Um, I'm going to talk about ADHD. I'm going to talk about... I have my annual alcohol episode I have to record. I love those. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about trying to make friends at this age Mm. and all the different methods I have, (laughs) some successfully and some unsuccessfully attempted. That could also be a serial killer talking about their methods. (laughs) Let me tell you how to find people. Go either way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Stuff like yeah, that. that would be good. I think that all sounds fun. <laughs> I really? think you should add it. She's myself. selling it. 
<laughs> I think you should edit this out. Yeah, right. This is gold. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You and I have lived in Cayman. That was a little car mini. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Ooh, you should record your theme song as Cartman. Yeah, yeah. He lives in Cayman. Yeah. Okay. Hit the theme song. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be? <laughs>